Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast about ideas to help us become happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why you might celebrate a personal anniversary, and I've got a hack related to cell phone use. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. Uh, and Elizabeth, today is Halloween, and that got me thinking about um, you and me and dad and trick-or-treating in our neighborhood in Kansas City when we were little. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretchen, as I remember, it rained like every single year. I remember I always had some sort of cardboard in my costume and it would get wet. Or we had to wear like a parka over like our beautiful costume and only the bottom peeked out. Yeah, but it was still (laughs) (laughs) not a problem you face in L.A. No, that doesn't happen in Los Angeles. Yeah. So what is Jack doing for Halloween? He is going to be a ninja. Oh, okay. He's got the costume like two months ago. <laughs> we go to a fun neighborhood where there's tons of trick-or-treating and he trick-or-treats there with some friends. Well, it's kind of a little bit of a sad milestone for me because Eleanor isn't going trick-or-treating this year. She's getting dressed oh. up for school because they can dress up for school. But then she's decided that she and her friend are going to watch scary movies instead of going oh, out. Um, so a friend, of, a friend of mine and I are going to just like walk around our neighborhood ourselves just because it's fun to see everything. Um, but this is the first year she's not going trick-or-treating. Oh, wow. That is a milestone. That's a milestone. So before we jump in uh, to this episode, try this at home, um, we got an interesting email from Joel. Yeah, he says, I liked your take on knowing yourself better with staying at hotels in episode 189. I travel most weeks for work and I implemented the following hotel rule for myself. No hotel TV. I found early on in my travel days that I could get sucked into movies that I really don't care about or that I had already seen multiple (laughs) times. One movie blended into another movie and I would later realize it was 2 a.m. with that next day of work lingering just a few hours away. Now on the road, I watch only live sports. I found that a live sports event usually ends at a reasonable hour and the commercials don't get me hooked into what's on next after this short commercial break. Being on the road also means that I usually don't see my favorite team playing on a local station. So even this exception is mostly reduced to bigger sports events, example, Major League Baseball playoffs. This rule has allowed me to focus on better sleep techniques and my on the road sleep quality is greatly improved since my early travel days. So this is a great example of how if you know yourself better and you think about, well, how am I using this time? It can shine a spotlight on something where, okay, maybe you can adjust it in a way that's still enjoyable, but is not, doesn't have negative consequences. Yes. And it's always good to get better sleep, Gretch. You're the sleep <laughs> Yes. Especially in a hotel. Yes. So Elizabeth, this week, our Try This at Home tip is to celebrate personal anniversaries. Um, now, I know I've mentioned before that in our family, we celebrate January 9th every year. Uh, that was the year that Jamie was announced to be cured of hepatitis C. That was the day we got the email from the doctor saying the virus was not detected and he was, he was done. He was cured. And at the time, I thought, oh, I'll never forget this day. Mm. But sure enough, a year later, I was like, mm, it was around this time. And then I thought, you know what? For the rest of our lives, let's celebrate January mm. 9th. Let's make it into a thing. And it's been such a happiness boost. I love that. Now, when you celebrate a personal anniversary, what do you do? Is it just 
saying, acknowledging it, or do you do anything? Well, I have to say it would probably be better if we actually did something, but usually <laughs> it's just like me saying, hey, today's January 9th, and like maybe we'll have a special dessert or just kind of acknowledge it. I usually send a picture to the grandparents and say like, oh, mm. it's the anniversary. So it's more like marking the day. It's not really like doing much of anything. Um, but even though it, it's not doing that much, it's still kind of... Um, it re makes me remember the anniversary in a way that I wouldn't like it's on my repeating calendar every January. And I would think you yeah, you have like a rush of joy yes. in remembering that moment and then you know being grateful like oh my gosh, it's so wonderful that we had this day. No, I absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons why personal anniversary is so great in this case is that it boosts gratitude because something like that, once it's cured, it's easy to like take it for granted and not realize like how different everything could have gone and how fortunate we were and like just yeah. what a tremendous thing it was. And by doing it every year, it reminds me, never take that for granted. So I think it's a huge gratitude booster. Now, how about you, Elizabeth? Do you have a personal anniversary? Well, one that, I mean, I don't really celebrate it, but now you're making me actually want to celebrate it <laughs> is December 9th, because uh. that's the day Adam and I uh, sort of acknowledged our feelings for each other, because we were working together at the time, so we didn't sort of start dating in a traditional way. Um, and December 9th, I kind of always think of as our real anniversary more than our wedding anniversary. Ah. So maybe we should start doing something special on December 9th every year. Is this the Cheesecake Factory uh, <laughs> dinner that I, I remember that you were like, that was kind of our first time like on kind of a date. That was our first actual date. This uh. was why we went to the Cheesecake Factory. I don't know. <laughs> No, this was he came over and we talked and we sort of said, okay, something's going on here. So oh. um, this was like the date after which nothing was ever the same again. Right. In a good right. way. But again, it's like you have your wedding anniversary, but maybe it's just fun like to say like December 9th and just say like, oh, X number of years ago. Remember, we were having our big conversation. It's just again, it's yeah. like Valentine's Day. It's like another yeah. reason. Um to think about it. Now, we had an interesting suggestion from a reader about creating a personal anniversary that was inspired by the hashtag Happier Labor Day that we talked mm. about, about reframing a personal anniversary to change the way you view it. Yeah, this came from Andrea. She said, thank you for your suggestion in episode 184 to take Labor Day as a day to reflect upon work life. I did this, which was great, but I applied it in a different way as well. My marriage ended this summer, but since we have children together, we still have a lot of contact. Our anniversary date is coming up and it has been filling me with dread. I can't celebrate it, but I also can't ignore it. I've been thinking about this for a few days. This morning I had an idea. Maybe we could take the day to reflect upon our relationship as it stands now, what we would like to see it be and steps to get there. Even if he's unwilling to participate, I can still reflect on my own and feel like I've paid my respect to the day. I am strongly a questioner, but I find this solution so soothing. It is not an arbitrary date for me, and it will hopefully help us both be better examples for our children. This is, like, amazing. I yes. love this idea. Yes, right. It's transform the anniversary. And let it evolve to be what it needs to be now in your lives. And so it kind of takes away the bitterness of the day and makes it into something constructive um, that still kind of recognizes your bond because you have children together. You have this connection that will always remain. Yeah, that's a great idea. 
And Gretch, you just had a huge anniversary, the uh, 10th anniversary of the Happiness Project. Yes, uh, the 10th anniversary edition just came out yesterday. Um, and it's really exciting because this is a kind of anniversary that you don't celebrate with most books. It's unusual to have like a 10th anniversary yes. edition. So I feel super excited um, that my publisher wanted to do it um, and that you know people seemed interested enough. And it was great to go back, like for the book, I wrote a thing at the end about sort of how my life has changed or kind of updates. People are often very interested in like, where are what are Eliza and Eleanor doing? A lot of them think mm. people read the book and think of them as still being little, which Eliza and Eleanor think is very funny. Oh um, yeah, because they're well, still you growing. them like the little girl and the big girl. Yeah, now yeah, 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 yeah. Now, now they're both pretty big. So, what are <laughs> some of the like highlights of the last ten years of of having watching this book unfold? Well, one thing that's funny is that it's like gotten on TV mm. three times, which uh, like makes me feel like it's sort of like elevated to this. I don't know. I just got a <laughs> tremendous kick out of that. Um, once it was a question on Jeopardy, um, I which I, I feel like it was a bucket list thing. Um, it made a cameo in Big Little Lies when um, there's a scene of it being on the nightstand of one of the main characters in a very ironic context. I have yes. to say, it, it seems like it's used ironically. And then in Orange uh -huh. is the new, the new Black, it was used <laughs> ironically. But it was definitely discussed, so that was huge. Um, and I have to say, even now, like when I go on book tours for my more, most recent books, a lot of times people will, will bring a copy of The Happiness Project and show me how they marked it up, like how they highlighted mm. it or put tags in or wrote in it. And that I love that. I love seeing like a book where somebody really beat it up because they were yes. really using it. That's always really exciting. And you're doing a course uh, starting in January. Yes. Like so a this happiness is a, project course. Yeah, because so many people over the years have said, like, I want to do it too. They've wanted resources to help them go through their own happiness project. So finally, I was like, oh, why don't I just do like a video course? It'd be fun. And um, so if you want to know about this, um, it's going to launch in January. Uh, go to courses.gretchenrubin.com slash happiness, and there will be all the information that they want. Well, happy anniversary, Gretch. Thank you. The Happiness Project has definitely <laughs> made me happier over the last 10 years. Um, oh. And I can't wait to... I've got my copy and I can't wait to read your updates. Oh, good. Even though I know everything that's happened, I still want to read about it. You're such a good sister. <laughs> so let us know if you do try this at home and how celebrating a personal anniversary works for you and what, what you're celebrating for your personal anniversary. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com um, or go to happiercast.com slash 193 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that will help you never lose your cell phone. But first, this break. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. 
Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. Okay, Gretch, it's time for our happiness hack, and I know you are very excited about this one. Yes. Um, so I was recently speaking at a conference, and the organizers of the conference had something that I had never seen. Now, apparently, everybody has these, but of course, I had never noticed it before, and it is called a bandolier. We are not, this is not an ad. They do not know that we are having <laughs> yeah. this discussion, so this is just me speaking from the heart. So a bandolier is basically a cell phone case that has a long strap so that you can wear it across your body. Um, and it was great. I could see for the conference because like with conferences, people have like clipboards and they're moving things and it's like your hands are full. And I could see that for the women the, the, who were organizing it, they just could reach down and pull up their phone whenever they wanted. And I was so curious about it. So I asked them about it and they told me the, where they got it, which is bandolier. That's who makes like all different kinds of colors and styles of these. And so I got one. And I love it. And I got it. And I sent one to you too, Elizabeth, because I was so into it. Yes. Have you used yours yet? I haven't used it yet. I'm going to use it on set because yeah. of, uh, our last episode of The Fix is about to shoot. And so I'm going to use it on set because I'm always walking around and constantly going, oh, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Yeah. So it'll be perfect for that. Um, but Marsha Clark, who I work with, she uses one of these every day. She keeps her phone in a bandolier. So I knew about it, and they're very big in L.A. A lot of people have them. And so I'm excited to give mine a try. So thank you, because one, that's a great hack for me. And two, it was fun to get a surprise in the mail, as yeah. we discussed. <laughs> fun to get a surprise in the mail. I will say this, too. is like even if you don't want to use it all the time for whatever reason, like the strap does take up room if you're going to put it in a bag sometimes, or maybe you don't like the look of having a phone strapped around your neck. Um, it is great in certain circumstances where you feel like there's a high likelihood you might leave your phone behind, for instance, mm. in an airport. Like I travel a lot. And you know, in the airport, you have bags, you're pulling things, you might be like buying something in the snack yes. shop. And I feel like that is the time when you're sort of like hurried and distracted. And also you need your phone right at the ready because you're like checking in, you know, to yeah. show them your boarding pass. And so it's handy to have it so that you don't have to worry about losing it or like leaving it in the restroom. And also, you don't have to just, like, pull it out of your bag. It's just right there. So I could see how, for, like, you might use it on set, but then not use it during your daily life. It might be something right. that you wouldn't, you don't necessarily have to 100% commit to. Or, like, you're at an amusement park with your kids, yes, and you want to just be able yes. to make take pictures, um, yes. but you don't want to risk losing your phone. So, yeah. So Bandolier, I will post a link to it in the show notes. Again, this is not an ad. Um, <laughs> I, just, I, I just found it to be, a, like, a real happiness booster. Okay, Gretch, it's time for a know yourself better question. And this is an interesting one. This is something that came out of an experience you had. Yeah, so this is my question. And I honestly am asking if anyone else has experienced this. So have you experienced something like what I'm about to describe? And I can only describe it as a personality slip. And this has now happened to me twice. So the first time I just thought it was some weird thing. The second time I'm like, mm, this is like, is this a phenomenon? So the personality slip is when I felt my personality dramatically change for like 30 seconds to a minute long. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first time I was walking down Lexington Avenue, I was heading to the subway at 77th. And all of a sudden, 
I felt my ambition leave my personality. It was mm. like a backpack fell off my shoulders. And I <laughs> understood what it would be like to be me if I had no ambition. And what would it be like? It was weird. It felt kind of free, but also kind of directionless. Like, mm. I hadn't realized like how much I feel like there's something poking me in the back going, go, 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 go. Or like, mm. you know, like somebody behind me on the ladder going, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. Mm. All of a sudden that was gone. It was the weirdest thing. It was cool. It was interesting. It was sort of weird that I knew that that's what had changed. Like, that's such a specific mm -hmm. kind of... Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay, so that happened. That was weird. And I that was years ago, and I, I've never forgotten it. And then just the other day, I was in a cab uh, with a really my really good friend, Julia. And she was telling a story, and I looked over at her. And this was like a darker experience. And it was like <laughs> I became a psychopath. It was like mm. she stood out to me so clearly. I could see exactly how I could push her buttons. I felt like I could make her do anything I wanted by telling her things. I felt like a puppeteer. I felt it was like all the all the the beauty of empathy and and sympathy <laughs> and you know my feelings and her feelings. It was like it all dropped away and it was just like I saw her crystal clear with like the coldest eye. And mm. it was chilling. And then, snap, it all came back up. And it was just as if I always felt toward her. And I didn't feel any of that. She didn't feel clear to me in that way. Uh, I didn't feel like I could manipulate her. But, but there was a period where it was like everything changed. It's interesting. I wonder if there's a neurological explanation for this, of some sort of brain synapse firing. Because yeah. it's... You know, because it, it, it sort of feels like deja vu almost. Yes. No, it's very much like that. It felt, yeah, like a chemical surge or, or drop of some kind that kind of like dramatically affected everything. No, I, I feel like it was physical. I, I, I would bet that it was physical exactly as you proposed because it felt too sudden and fleeting, mm -hmm. but also kind of responsive. I didn't feel like it was rising up from my unconscious. I felt like it was something that was happening to me. I can't say I've ever had a personality slip, but I will say like sometimes I think like when you're married, you suddenly look at the person like they're a complete stranger. Yes. You know, you have a That's moment weird. of like, who is this? Wait, <laughs> I'm this is who I'm married to? Like, I don't even know them, you know? And I think it's a yes. similar thing where you kind of, it's almost like a dissociative experience where yeah. you're just like, whoa. And then like a minute later, someone says something and it's like it never happened. Yes. But there are these moments in time where suddenly your life is like outside of you. Yeah. But I would love to meet a Gretchen without ambition. Like we could have a lot of leisurely lunches. That would be nice. But I don't think you want to meet Gretchen the psychopath. <laughs> yeah, Gretchen the psychopath. Also possible. I'll skip out. I'll skip out. <laughs> so I'm so curious to hear about other people have experienced this. Like uh, the, the marriage example that you explained, I have experienced that 100%. Um, so maybe this and is it, like deja and vu. And does it give you insight? I mean, that's, oh, you know. 100%. It gave me tremendous insight. I do felt like it was a gift in a way. I feel like I do know myself better in a way that it was, I wouldn't have believed possible. Um, because I feel like it did come to me from the outside like that. It's fascinating. I hope it happens again. But I think it's just, yeah. Anyway, it was interesting. Yes. And Elizabeth, now we have a listener question that's also we're inviting lots of answers from listeners just the way we did in uh, in the last segment. 
And this week's listener question is a response to the Facts of Life book that we talked about in episodes 185 and 188. It comes from Amy. She says, I do have a question related to this project and would love listener feedback. I've been trying to get my parents to do this for years without success. They literally do not have a will yet as, quote, talking about it will bring it upon us earlier. You and your brother can just figure it out when it happens. And they are in their 70s. I've tried starting the binder for them to have it be lost or not followed up on. We live across the country from each other, so I can't just bully my way in there. (laughs) Any suggestions would be greatly appreciated. Ooh, this is a hard one. Now, see, this is tough because we have it easy with our parents because our parents are very matter-of-fact and straightforward about talking about this kind of thing. Yes. I think it'd be great to get ideas from listeners about approaches that they've used um, to try because this is something that's very common. I mean, you read about all this all the time, how this is just a common problem that many people face is that these kind of end-of-life tasks have not been completed in time, and then it's a lot, lot more trouble to deal with all the tasks and duties than it might otherwise be. I mean, I would think it might help to at least present the practical side with the will, because if you don't have a will, which I have to admit I don't, and I, I, it's one of my 18 for 18, and I've got to get it before the end of the year. Okay. But if you don't have a will and you die, I mean, I think you can lose money. Like yeah. it's actually a practical thing that all sorts of things kick in that you don't want to kick in. So, And it slows they things might down. Be, yes. So they might respond at least to that. That's the most basic thing. I mean, yeah. even if you can't get them to like write down, you know, their car insurance number. Yeah. Um, at least they need to have a will. Now, it's interesting because here I would be curious to hear how listeners dealt with this thing, because clearly they have a kind of belief if we prepare for dying, it is more likely that we will die. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like, OK, you that is inevitable. And yeah. like, do you really believe that it will happen earlier if you prepare? Like, how do you deal with some? And, and I think sometimes people unconsciously have this kind of belief, like they just don't mm-hmm. want to deal with it. How do you deal with that kind of thing, which isn't sort of subject to logic, um, but can be a very powerful aspect of why people are behaving the way they do? And maybe they're rebels, Gretchen. Yeah, well, I think we could think about that. So you could think about the four tendencies and how you might communicate about this. Um, So, Elizabeth, you mentioned appealing to efficiency. That is the kind of thing that would really help if you were dealing with questioners. Like, this is going to save time. This is going to save energy. This is going to save money. It's more efficient for you to do it now than to wait. Uh, With the polders, you just say, like, this needs to be done. You know, this this is just Mm. something that has to be done. For an obliger, what you could do is, is say, you need to do this for me. I'm worried. Mm. This is weighing on my mind. You're letting me down um, because they will be more responsive to outer expectations than inner expectations. And then, as you said, rebel. for a rebel, you would appeal to identity. Like, are you the kind of person who leaves behind a giant mess? Are you the kind mm. of person who... Uh, leaves things in disarray? Are you the kind of person who doesn't face facts? Like, find the way into their identity um, and how that you could find an aspect of their identity that would be, which would conflict with this because an, a rebel wants to act, wants to put their identity forward into the world. So they don't want to do something that's going to undermine that identity. Yes. And if you have no idea what we're talking about with the tendencies, you could take the mm-hmm. quiz and get a brief intro at uh, quiz.gretchenrubin.com. I think 1.7 million people have taken that free quiz now. So that will make those terms clearer if you're not familiar.
Yes. So listeners, if you have any ideas how Amy can get her parents to do this, um, let us know and we'll pass them along. Um, I'm really curious because I think this is hard. I think I, I think it's hard to get people to do something of, of this type if they don't want to. Well, you know, Elizabeth, it reminds me of something that you guys talked about in, in Happier in Hollywood several times on your other podcast with Sarah Fain, um, that action is the antidote to anxiety. And so maybe to, that's mm. another thing that maybe you could remind people yes. to is like, maybe you'll feel less anxious if you take action. I don't know. But yeah, let's hear from listeners. Yes. Coming up, I give a gold star to my son, Jack. But first, this break. Okay, Gretch, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. So this is a tech-related demerit. Um, so I have a thing on my laptop that makes sure that it syncs with my desktop. So like, I usually work on my desktop, but if I go to a library or a coffee shop or uh, I'm traveling, I need to have all my documents up to date, and so I have this program that syncs them up. And I was getting ready. It was er super early in the morning. I was getting to leave on a flight. So I had limited time and my sync did not work. And I kept hitting it over and over and over again. And I didn't know enough to reboot. I rebooted. That did not work. And but I this is the demerit. I allowed myself to get rattled. And so I just kept Mm. doing the same things over and over again instead of saying, calm down, step back, think Mm. about what else you could do. And what mm-hmm. I didn't realize is like, maybe I needed to reboot my modem. And I know mm-hmm. it's like, th- that's like 101. Right. It's just reboot everything you can get your hands on. And like sometimes often that works. And I didn't think about it. And it was really inconvenient because I couldn't open up any documents um, while I was traveling for like three days. Oh, and gosh. so what I, the demerit is, I know better. Take mm-hmm. a minute, take a deep breath kind of just like let my mind go wide and think Mm -hmm. don't just keep doing the same thing over and over which is what I did thinking that something's going to change it's a computer it's not going to like I have to do something different so anyway I think I won't do that again well what's funny Gretchen I have to say is anytime someone tells me just why don't you try unplugging it and plugging it back in it enrages me because I'm like (laughs) that could never work and then inevitably it works but that every single time I resist the plugging and unplugging because it just feels like no it's not gonna work I know I know and so often it does yes so that's a lesson that we just have to like relearn and relearn um Mm -hmm. so listen that's my demerit um and maybe you can learn from my mistakes with your own (laughs) plugging um what's your gold star for the week Well, I'm giving my gold star to my son, Jack, Mm. because he had an insight uh, that just made me so happy. Um, He came up, he's taking Brazilian jiu-jitsu, which is sort of where you grapple. It's like a lot on the ground. Um, It's kind of wrestling. Mm -hmm. Um, And he said, Mom, you know what I realized? And I said, what? And he goes, I think I'm going to do great in jujitsu tomorrow. And I said, why? And he said, because I realized if I think I can do it, I can do it. And I was like, well, how did you realize that? And he said, well, I was watching Ninjago and they were talking about how if they believe in themselves, you know, then they can do whatever they want to do. He goes, and I realized I could apply that in my life. I could could apply that to jujitsu. And if I believe I can do it, I can do it. Um, And I was like, wow, this is like the insight, you know, for your whole life. That's probably one of the most important things to realize. And then beyond that, and this um, I loved, he said, 
And even if I don't end up doing it, I'll probably do better because I believed I could. Ah. Um, Because, you know, there's just people who are going to be stronger than he is who he cannot beat no matter what. But he's like, but if I think I can, then I'll at least do better. And I was just like so proud of him for sort of paying attention to, you know, these lessons and then applying it to his own life and really thinking about it. What is Ninjago? Oh, Ninjago is a show um, where these Lego characters are ninjas (laughs) and they go on missions and they battle evil and they're, you know, they, they learn important life lessons such as believe in yourself. Wow. And it's a great show, actually. Um, but anyway, and Jack's seen every episode. Um, so is that this why he is, wants to be a ninja for Halloween? Yes, although he's not going to be a Ninjago ninja. That's its own costume. He's going to oh. be a traditional ninja. Oh, but okay. these are what eight-year-old <laughs> boys think about. Uh, but anyway, so I was proud of Jack for having that insight, applying it to his life. Yeah. And um, we'll, you know, we'll see where it takes him. That's so profound, though, because it's like he got there on his own. That's the kind yes. of thing where you can say it and say it and say it. But you have to take that in and clearly like it had connected with him in a way where he was like, now I see what this can mean for me in a way that was both optimistic and also realistic. Yes. At eight years old. I was so proud of him. That's great. Oh, what a beautiful gold star. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Celebrate a personal anniversary. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our producer, Cameron Drews. Also, thanks to Kristen Meinzer and Andy Bowers of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, the resources for this week, as we mentioned, the 10th anniversary edition of The Happiness Project is out now. Um, it is a huge help to me just like we asked for with the podcast when people post reviews on Amazon or Goodreads um, or wherever you read your books because that really does help other readers to find a book Um, and also share your if you have a great happiness project story put it on Instagram and I'll repost Mm. it I get a huge kick out of uh, happiness project stories and the course um, as I mentioned again is courses.gretchenrubin.com slash happiness um, and also, uh, speaking of the book or any book, if you want a signed personalized book plate or a signature card, if it's for an ebook or an audiobook um, for you or for gifts, I'll post a link in the show notes for how you can uh, say the names that you would like them personalized with and request them. Do these early because I get very tense around like what if we get mm-hmm. up too close to the holidays about whether uh, I can get these to you in time to get them like wrapped and whatever. Um, and this is U.S. and Canada only. I am sorry. Uh, that's because of mailing costs. This is an actual physical thing that I will mail to you. And so it's just U.S. and Canada only. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. Gretch, by the way, um, in L.A., all the parents dress up. So I have to dress up for Halloween. And I can't just be like the same thing over and over. I need to get a new costume, which, as you can imagine, I have not thought about. Oh, wow. You weren't you Superwoman one year? Wonder Woman last year. So so I got to find something else this year. Put that on Instagram.